Hi, I'm Evelyn. And I'm Danielle. Welcome to Sip and Read Podcast, a podcast where two long-distance friends sip some booze, critique some books, and get into some shenanigans along the way. On this season, our very first season, we are reading The Deep by Amakatsu, a historical fiction novel set during the time of the Titanic with a supernatural twist. So grab a drink, grab your book, and let's do it. Yeah. Hi, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Evelyn? Good. Happy Labor Day. Yeah. Happy Labor Day. Cheers to that. I'll, I'll drink to that. <laughs> hey. <laughs> happy belated birthday to you, too. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. The last time you heard you heard me, listeners out there, I was 23. Now I am 24. <laughs> Virgo, baby. Virgo. Virgo season. <laughs> okay. What's you drinking? Um, today I'm drinking Golden State Cider, Mellow Green. I was so happy when I saw this at the grocery store today because they never have it at grocery stores. Hmm. Do you feel mellow? Um, I feel mellow now that my Wi-Fi is working. <laughs> the little things that help mm-hmm. what are you drinking this is called absolute berry vodka rita my mom bought this actually when she was visiting thank you cookie <laughs> thanks miss cookie <laughs> um yeah i mean it's a job then it it's sweet mm. I feel like 19 year old me would have loved this. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. My mom won't drink the whole thing. She'll like pour some in a in a glass oh. <laughs> and sip a wine glass. <laughs> and sip. <laughs> she does that with strawberries too. <laughs> um, I haven't had a strawberry in forever. Uh those are those are hella sweet. Yeah, those are really sweet. Uh, I was just talking to my friend that because on my birthday we went to couple restaurants we had we all we drank was well no I had tequila but I had we had wine we had a lot of wine we're trying to keep it classy uh-huh um when I was drinking I usually like whites you know in the past couple episodes I've had pinot grigio on hand that's like my my white wine of choice mm-hmm. and I was sipping on it and I was like oh this is so good and then I was like 19 year old me would have been gagging trying to drink this <laughs> All we used to drink were like angry orchards and uh-huh. jungle juice and <laughs> you know that's how you know we've really grown because kids really do like crave more sweet things mm-hmm. then your palate de- like develops as time goes on and that's yeah. how you go pretty far I remember one time drinking red wine like our sophomore year of college I think that was my first time like actually drinking red wine and I was like suffering through every little sip but now I I, I enjoy it it's so, yeah. yeah, it's so weird how, like, our palates change. We'll probably keep on changing, too. Uh-huh. Maybe we'll revert back to our old ways. Yeah, you like I gin. I, yeah, gin is so easy. Like next year, you're going to be drinking barrel-aged whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go whiskey tasting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, <laughs> chapter Talk 16. So we're going to try a new thing where one of us will summarize one chapter and then obviously we'll offer like our input and like uh insights into the chapter both of us and then we'll take turns but we'll take turns summarizing yes, chapter. trying to get a little bit more have a little bit more of a cleanlier routine here yeah and again thanks for bearing with us yeah okay so chapter 16 again is in 1912 and it's from annie's perspective so um the chapter starts with annie um discussing how she needs to start returning the brooch to Caroline um Uh so she's on are you good (laughs) (laughs) so she's on her way to find Caroline in a first class cabins Mm -hmm. and as she's looking for her she passes or as she's headed to her room I guess she passes the um the first class lounge and she happens to see Mark um and she mentions that she has been like actively trying to avoid Mark before before this moment in time but you know she obviously is obsessed with a man yeah and so, <laughs> since she I, sees him she okay. uh she considered- <laughs> <laughs> go ahead girl <laughs> I just made a note like on page 145 she talks about how drawn she is to him and it does she does say like even she doesn't quite understand why but she just is I'm like yeah. girl excuses excuses you're obsessed with the man just say it yeah man you're creepy (laughs) yeah own up to it own up to being a creep girl (laughs) i'll judge you less for it you just admit it (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, but so she sees Mark and she calls it fate. So she decides to go up to him because uh, because maybe he might know where Caroline is, which is her excuse. But obviously she just wants to see him. Um, hate on this poor girl, man. <laughs> and, and as she's like debating whether or not she should see him or she should go up to him or not, ends up comparing Mark to an old love interest she had back at her at her hometown in Ireland. And his name was Desmond. And the reason that he compares the two is because, or she compares the two is because they have similar, I think, like characteristics about themselves. Like she says they have, they both have kind eyes. They have a gentle, like gentle spirits about them. Mm-hmm. And all I took away from that was that she just loves to be around people that treat her nicely. <laughs> yeah, her standards are on the floor. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you should you be put with it, someone that's nice to you, girl. <laughs> you put it nicely, or she just she's in like in love with love. <laughs> yeah, she's a romantic. Yeah, she's a romantic. If you want to be nice, you can call her that. And so as she's headed towards Mark, um, she recalls a story. Do you want to talk about it? Because you know the actual. You actually know it's a real story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the story of hold on, caught me off guard, girl. I'm so sorry. I can start. It's a story of a girl with a green ribbon permanently tied around her neck. Oh yeah, and the girls um is always warning people don't no matter what never untie the ribbon. To untie the ribbon would be the end of everything. It held her head in place and without it she was but a walking corpse. Yeah. And then What were you going to say? Go for it. <laughs> um yeah, I just put on page 146 um, Annie's like thinking about that story and she says was it that she thinks was it that girls were fragile um, or was it that the only way they may prove their story true was to die for it I took that as a warning that um, that she may like she, she's gonna face some pretty drastic consequences as she keeps entertaining Mark this idea yeah because yeah. yeah she's walking on um, what, what the hell is that phrase eggshells She's walking on no it's like i don't know what the hell i'm saying she's like she's walking a fine line right now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and i feel like um i feel like this homegirl has no like impulse control she's like a child i know she yeah she is a child all these yeah. children man get them off the get them off the boat <laughs> get those get those rescue boats ready <laughs> <laughs> yeah you need to send annie and caroline and maddie need to go away <laughs> They're not old enough to make decisions, man. And so, um, okay, so when she reaches Mark, they begin talking. Mm -hmm. Mark starts confiding um, in Annie about, like, strange things that are happening, strange things he notices about Aldine. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, he mentions that Aldine woke up that morning with scratch marks on her face that began to fade within seconds, but they were there for a split moment. Um, And Mark even though he's more, I guess he, he is kind of logical. He kind of, um, he, um, takes these as being that, that could be more supernatural. Yeah. Even though Mark is like kind of the skeptic, especially when it comes to him and Caroline, um, even he thinks that, yeah, something supernatural is going on. So that's how, you know, that shit is real. Yeah. Shit's going down on the ship. When even the skeptics are like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And then he, there, Mark continues talking and he becomes a little more cautious in what he's saying or like where he's saying it. So he moves Annie and him to like a darker corridor on the ship mm-hmm. where it's kind of like if you saw them there, you'd be like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah a little shady. And that's kind of like Mark should not have done that. Yeah. But Annie- I also think Mark wasn't really thinking about it, but Annie loved, Annie was like, yes. Uh, Annie's like any girl reading into every single thing the guy does. She's like, oh, a corridor. What's going on? When guys are just really oblivious to what they're doing <laughs> and the oh. significance it holds. That's mm. a whole other podcast, girl. That's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> but as after Mark takes Annie into the like dark rider, Mark talks about how um about how she was almost choked oh. um in her crib. And then Annie interprets what Mark is saying as Caroline. <laughs> as Car- <laughs> she thinks that Caroline is abusing Audine, his baby. Um, in her defense, though, I think Mark definitely could have been a little bit more, ala- had could have elaborated more on yeah, what. Yeah, because he was a little vague, too. 
Yeah, it, he could have been like, I found the baby choking on a blanket. Why yeah. didn't he Because say the word the word Caroline did come out of his mouth when he was uttering that story, but he didn't really complete the thought after he said the oh, word. So he kind of just left it into space. So he left it up for Annie to interpret what he was trying yeah, to say. And that's how she interpreted the same thing. And then she also, oh, because she also connects it back to the Aster boy because Annie was going to return the brooch to Caroline. She was also trying to find the courage to ask Caroline why the Aster boy had your brooch. Yeah, so I think she's connecting the dots here and thinking like, oh, maybe Caroline isn't as good as we thought she was. Yeah, but I mean, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like maybe it's obvious to us because we had that little bit from Teddy's point of view really early on, Mm -hmm. like likes to steal things. I think he just somehow stole it. I don't know how he stole it. It is mysterious on how he managed to get close enough to her to steal it, but I think he just stole it from her. Yeah, but Annie doesn't know that little tidbit. Yeah, I think that's why. And she also hates the bitch, so she's already, she's been hating on her from like day one. <laughs> Dude, honest, she's just jealous. I get it though. Mark, Mark might be a catch to some people. <laughs> yeah, to some people, not us. But he's a freaking gambler. I don't want that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Mark continues to uh to talk to Annie, and he begins confessing how like lonely and isolating it is being around all these wealthy people when he didn't initially come yeah. from wealth himself and, and um, it up. <laughs> yeah because she, she she really is and any like she relates to him and she even like mentions like yes i like i have those same feelings and and any recites some quote i don't know yeah, what it is i have it one is always trapped within oneself yeah and then that's a quote i guess that mark really like took notice too because that's what lillian his past love interest his past wife Mm-hmm. would always say too <laughs> and then when it, when when he said that because he mentioned like oh like someone I used to care about used to always, used to always say that too and he got hella jealous he's like who, who are you talking about who are you talking about <laughs> girl relax again you don't know this it has been two days you've <laughs> known this man for two days <laughs> two, and she's already getting je- and it gets worse it gets worse guys it does get worse because I think Mark realizes like he's been talking, he's been talking too much. Yeah, opening his freaking yeah. loose lips, sing ships, literally <laughs> figured. <laughs> he like basically politely dismisses. He's Anna. like, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> your time here is done. You served your purpose. Yeah, get get the hell out. And Annie's like, she feels like she's very, she feels very hurt and rejected after this. Mm-hmm. Um, and after. Annie leaves. Um, what's his face? The mailroom guy. His name's John or something like that. Something. Yeah, I I didn't even take it. Into account. <laughs> anyway, bad. irrelevant. His name's All you gotta know is that he's the mailroom guy, and he well, he's <laughs> he hands Annie a letter from Desmond, and the reason he hands it to her is because he read it. That's <laughs> <laughs> open. He's like totally giving her unsolicited advice. Like you should really write back to this guy. He cares for you. She's like, bitch, why did you read my letter? Yeah, I know. Like, Fire him. Jail. Yeah. Put him in the, put him in the boat jail. Um, so Annie b- begins re- reading the letter in front of, I'm just going to call him John. Cause I don't know what his name is in front of John. <laughs> and the letter basically is, is from Desmond and states how much Desmond misses Annie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and John, like we said, gives all this unsolicited advice and pretty much warns Annie that she may be running from her fate. Her fate being oh. like, I guess, Desmond in the past she left behind to go on the Titanic. And yeah. Annie basically says, mind your business. Yeah. Don't, don't tell nobody, don't snitch. <laughs> Yeah, we don't get a lot of snitches on this boat. Well, we also <laughs> she, found out that Desmond is a priest. Oh, oh yeah, which gets me wondering how old is this man? <laughs> yeah, he better not be like her dad's best friend or something. Another cool. predator. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the last thing we need is another goddamn predator in this fucking <laughs> fucking <laughs> enough. <laughs> but, but um, okay. So after the conversation with John, after reading the letter from Desmond in front of John. She oh, his leaves. name is John. Good job. Hey. <laughs> she leaves and she begins walking mindlessly and ends up in the smoke room. Oh. Uh-huh. Back in the day, wealthy people had whole rooms to smoke. 
so yeah, Annie and him begin, or no, Annie goes into the smoke room um, and she realizes as she was walking mindlessly, she ends up in the smoke room because she's um, like unconsciously seeking out Mark. Mm-hmm. And it's in this moment that Annie pretty much says that her being on the Titanic is her fate because her destiny is to meet Mark and Mark is her destiny and like her current mm-hmm. fate. She wants him, yeah. Yeah, and she, at that moment, she ends up ripping or she ends up setting um, Desmond's letter on fire to kind of like like start anew and just like relinquish the past. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote, I was like, poor girl. <laughs> poor girl is running from her past. <laughs> she is, man. And she, I thought it was just because of like her dad, but this girl's got a whole other can of worms. On and I think it was at this point I was like, "When is this ship gonna sink?" <laughs> mm. I was like, "It's been so long. Hurry up, Hold kill them, come on." I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, two more days until it'll sink because it, they they leave on the 10th. It's been two days since so the 12th. It sinks on the 14th, on the night of the 14th. Jack and Rose had four days together before they sank. Dude, don't even get me started. I ha- I had to stop watching it because I my wife I was fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> but it, so I just stopped watching it and I was just chilling. But man, I was already getting emotional. Man, girl, just you wait. I did that to myself a few months back. I can't do it again. Yeah, didn't you watch it like right when we started reading the book? Yeah, right before, and that that will hold me over for a few more years. <laughs> yeah that movie's draining man dude it's three hours long <laughs> it's so yeah it's like physically draining mentally draining i was already like getting emotional when she's like i know we always laugh about like the it's been 84 years part <laughs> but that is that's like kind of <laughs> her old ass <laughs> dude she's old as hell bless her heart <laughs> dude you know how we were talking about how like if we get famous enough we can make merch and stuff that would be one of the <laughs> merch things. Bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. We gotta, we gotta copyright that. Nobody's it's always it. when you're talking shit about something, you're like, "Yeah, bless her heart." <laughs> yeah, we gotta cop. We have to patent that quick, ASAP. My notifications for my medication just went off. Oh, is it? It's already no babies o'clock. No, 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 no. These are my probiotics. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> A whole different issue. (laughs) All right, chapter 17. Chapter 17 is going to be from Mark's perspective. It's a shorter chapter. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it still takes place in um, 1912. Yeah, yeah, it takes place in Mark's perspective after Mark encounters Annie. Um, So... Uh, the chapter begins with Mark wandering around because he's searching for Caroline. Mm-hmm. Um, he's reminiscing about his encounter with Annie and how he's reminded of, of Lillian. Uh-huh. And we begin to learn a little bit more about Lillian at this point in the chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, we learn that Lillian, he, that Lillian had moments of disliking herself. Um, Mark mentioned that he, uh, she had a dark mind. Oh, yeah. Um, that oh, always yeah it, that always kind of similar to annie then okay and that's what i have i have a little but um but yeah so mark mentioned how lillian has a dark mind which perplexed mark but also drew mark toward her mm-hmm. um mark and lillian pretty apparently had like a very deep and passionate love mm-hmm. um <laughs> i said it sounded toxic <laughs> This just sounds like my every relationship I've ever been in. <laughs> because, but no, it's not a toxic because, stop. Oh, Lily, really love to fight. Because, because apparently Lily was, a, she was really mean. <laughs> <laughs> apparently Lillian would like, I guess, would put Mark down and say cruel things to him. And Mark would always, <laughs> wait, no, okay, Lillian would say very cruel things to Mark. <laughs> And would be like, why do you believe me? <laughs> She's gaslighting him. And he- Dude, yeah. 
this girl's crazy female she's like the gaslight girl boss gatekeep that's her <laughs> this is Lillian that's who she is and then I think and guys then, like it when you're mean to them I mean, he, Mark liked it mm-hmm. Mark Mark believed what he was saying because or what she was saying because her, he said that like her word was God okay girl okay boy you're obsessed okay this is what is this called like when you're like too obsessed with your partner obsession (laughs) oh yeah i guess (laughs) anyway um and then um he even mentioned that he probably loved lillian too much Mm. um but because he's on the ship he feels closer to her um which i said siren thinks oh yeah Uh uh-huh we'll see i think and um and then Mark mentions Mark go after the reminisce about Lillian. He goes back to wondering where the hell Caroline is. Dude, he's like pissed at this girl. Yeah, he's but just- you know what? I kind of well, I kind of get it only because he mentions that Caroline has been disappearing a lot more lately, um, and noticed that when she returns, she has like a sly smile on her face, and so he's noticing these changes but we know we know why she's possessed right dude i'm not yeah i'm like i'm like almost 100 percent sure that she's possessed because i don't because right he thinks that she's like cheating on him with guggenheim uh-huh which also is valid because remember she got super horny when he touched yeah. her uh-huh. <laughs> girl you need to invest in like 50 shades of gray or something <laughs> <laughs> But, dude, I think she's possessed, and we'll talk about that in later chapters, too. There's yeah. a little bit more evidence backing that up. Something's going on. Something. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, almost basically just telling us now without telling us that homegirl is possessed. She Because she's acting hella different, really mean. But, well, I mean, I don't think she's being mean to Mark, but she should be because Mark apparently likes that in a woman, so she should be start <laughs> being mean. I want to keep your man. Yeah, if you want to keep your man, better <laughs> fucking gaslight the hell out of him. But like you mentioned, yeah, he in this same chapter, he also mentions how Guggenheim, um, Benjamin Guggenheim, the like rich, rich, rich bachelor guy, had a a mistress. Yeah, is very is giving Caroline a lot of attention, which Mm -hmm. Mark admits that he understands because Guggenheim is kind of like a resemblance of Caroline's like old husband, past husband. Yeah, yeah, Uh, he's like old and confident. Yeah, um, everything. <laughs> the shade. I hate Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> shade everybody though in this story, dude. I'm almost done with my first can. <laughs> How are you doing? Over there? I can't do is keep up with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the last like, episode, I drink like three sips. Girl, well, that's because mine probably tastes better than you. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be real here. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah. So, Mark admits that he gets why Caroline might have feelings towards Guggenheim. He's old and confident. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mark ends up walking to the smoke room where we last left off with Annie mm-hmm. because he hopes to find Guggenheim and Caroline intertangled together having an affair. Um, and he is, when he realizes that that's not the case when he walks into the smoke room, he feels, he does feel a little shameful for it. He really thought they would just be out in the open. Like they're not that stupid. Yeah, but he wanted an excuse to beat up Guggenheim, basically. <laughs> I'm gonna have which, which that thought and that feeling he has surprises him because Mark isn't used to being um like this possessive, at least not when he was with Lillian. Mm-hmm. Um he says that Lillian was the jealous one. Yeah. Um Damn, which may okay, which made me wonder. Mm-hmm. Um do you think Lillian is do you think Lillian is like on the ship you think she's like haunting him making maybe making him feel jealous or is it the siren you think no I think it's the siren have you ever there's this show called the haunting of hill house yes (laughs) have you seen it yeah you know they kind of um explain like they use like the metaphor of ghosts really good and they say like ghosts aren't just you know those spirits in your house it can be thoughts that are haunting you. So I just think like the thought of Lillian is taunting him mm. and it's probably going to end up making him think that Lillian is in fact haunting him. But I really think it's just, 
I think maybe we'll find out there might be some guilt about Lillian later on, something like that. But I think it's just that whole, like the whole idea of her is just, is what's haunting him, not actually Lillian. Oh, makes sense. Look at us getting real, we're getting real philosophical. I love how you're like, uh, enter like you're connecting two different like stories yeah i love that that show is i wish we could review a show because i would want to review that show that show is so good it is it is i haven't seen the second season though I've the first seen. season is better anyway oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway um as mark is in the smoke room um he sees oh, he sees a fire <laughs> oh, I wonder what I'm that pretty is. sure it's the same fire that Annie said. It is the same fire. <laughs> I was like, this bitch tried to burn the whole thing to the ground. Yeah, why didn't she just? I don't. I mean, I don't know how cigar rooms work, but it's like I don't even know why couldn't she have just like ripped the letter to pieces? Why does she have to burn it and then leave it? I thought she would have at least like it was symbolism for her. She was setting the, like she was starting. She letting was, it go. Yeah, letting go to the ashes from ashes rebirth. You know. Oh, oh my god okay <laughs> dude i who are we today who are we? yeah for our fourth episode in we got oh, this shit man yeah we are just we're two whole different women <laughs> only two chapters in we got three more to go mm-hmm. um yeah so mark ends up putting up the, this part made me laugh mark, mark puts out the fire and then he sees the note he like kind of reads it he sees it's from desmond he's like whatever he puts it down and leaves and that's how i know this is a one-sided relationship he doesn't even care he doesn't care oh he starts thinking about lillian again i think it's like (laughs) in in chapter 16 mark does say he feel i let me find the quote really quick okay well as you're doing that i'm just gonna wrap it up and say um the chapter ends with Mark pulling out Lillian's journal because apparently he carries around her whole journal. And then I'm like, what the fuck is in this journal? Like, I want to know. She's probably talking shit about him. It's come up a few times. Like, yeah. there has to be some significance to it. There has to be something juicy in there. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say? So, well, now that I'm rereading, okay, so in chapter 16, when they, like, she finds Mark and she's like, um, she needs to talk to him about something. He says, there's something specific I'd like to discuss with you. It must be highly unusual for a passenger passenger to seek your confidences so readily, but I feel I can trust you and I hope you can feel the same way. She took a deep breath. He felt the bond between them too. Yeah, it's like the biased perspective. Like she, that's what she's assuming from what he's saying, but he's just saying like, I feel like I can trust you with this. And yeah. it's all just him telling her about the baby. Yeah. And now I'm just, she's such an unreliable narrator, Annie. He because he's, he's saying like, all he's saying is, I know I can trust you because he's telling her about the baby and how she had the fucking scratches on her face, whatever. He's only telling her that because, like, she's been in charge of caring for the baby for them. Yeah. And, like, and if you think about it, she might be, like, <clears throat> she might be, she might, he might see her as, like, somebody he can trust because they have had a few interactions together. Yeah, but and it's definitely not in the way that she's thinking. No, I think, and I also, like, go ahead. I was gonna say I also think he definitely sees her as like a like a, the help. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why like even later on in chapter 16, like he closes off because he's like, wait, why am I talking about my life to the help? Like she doesn't even know about this. Mm-hmm, I know. This girl is really, yeah, I feel bad. And I think he definitely I think he just sees I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know shit about shit. <laughs> No, we know stuff. No, we do. No, it's, it's just true. like it's, it's so proof we know stuff. Yeah, this this yeah, this discourse we're having is proving that we're we're very aware. Yeah, it's just like it's I think I like the fact that she does multiple p like perspectives every chapter or sh- every chapter is like a different perspective because we are getting like dip everyone's different differing thoughts about like almost like the same things, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is kind of cool being the reader and like you're piecing clues together a little bit Uh uh-huh and like there's some things that we know that the characters themselves don't know Uh it is fun it has like another element to reading the story yeah um before you do chapter 18 i'm gonna get a second drink (laughs) oh you do that girl you do that okay i'm I'm gonna gonna pause the recording (laughs) 
yeah you chug that okay chapter 18 you take it away okay my friends chapter 18 is going to be oh chapter 18 cracked me up the beginning oh really i have to re my memory okay so it takes it takes place we're back in 1916 oh yeah this one is pretty funny back in 1916 um it's november 17th um and Ooh. we're in annie's perspective it's i only mentioned that birthday. oh yeah scorpio scorpio yeah, gang <laughs> i only mentioned the date because the next chapter is november 19th which is two days after oh i didn't even realize that so good catch um, so the chapter begins, um, we're back at the part where Annie sees Mark laying unconscious after um, they took in more like victims, wounded victims mm-hmm. um, on the Britannic. Um, Annie begins to examine Mark and notices Mark has aged. Uh, he's, she said he looks middle aged. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. I thought you were in love with this guy, dude. I know. Oh, what's wrong with him? middle age how old are you girl <laughs> yeah again predator alert <laughs> groomy <laughs> alert <laughs> he says that his hair is shorter than before which she you knows she's not too happy about she likes his longer wispier hair oh my um, annie but annie <laughs> dude there's so much like presuming in this chapter annie presumes that his aging shows that he has like suffered he's like suffered a lot but also survived like dude maybe he's just gotten old <laughs> have you ever thought of that he's just For real. <laughs> and nfc notices notices that mark has no wedding ring like girl <laughs> of all the things you're gonna notice that right now dude he's like this in a coma so creepy. yeah there's no ring now he wore one in titanic yeah because he had a wife in on the titanic girl like do you think he really misses you anyway <laughs> <laughs> hate this girl and he says that um and he's like is telling mark that she has good news for him and the please wake up she says that um the, well the just the good news is audine being like actually alive. really confused me because she's like she has a gift for mark like i'm so excited to tell you this news but it's like all your news is that you know she's alive she doesn't have her or anything like they don't know where yeah. Audine is yeah, which which is why I think that she's she's not like mentally sound because she thinks oh, that she's crazy in this chapter. Yeah, she thinks that's that's really going to like a draw pe- Mark to her more, make him so happy. But like, you don't know where this kid is, dude. Yeah, like how is that even unknown variables that you're giving him? And also, right before that, she it says she has a, a flash of fantasy another vision or memory mm-hmm. something else she doesn't even know if it actually happened or if she made up in her head another like little sex memory of them like making out and god knows what else yeah she has yeah she's recalling mark holding her with like such a familiarity that it seems like it could have been real mm-hmm. because it wasn't real because it never happened because you're crazy you dreamed it all up in your crazy <laughs> She still has the brooch she's wearing. She has the audacity to wear it in front of. This girl is getting me is giving me like stress induced ulcers. Like she needs to stop. <laughs> I wish if I were on this boat, if I was on the Britannic with her, I would be sending a telegraph to the asylum that she was at. Hey, yeah. come get this girl at the next stop. I don't yeah. want to be here anymore. So so far in this chapter, she's sitting by Mark's bedside. She's waiting for him to wake up. She wants to tell him the news about Audine she's remembering like what we what we're assuming are made-up fantasies about mark and her together like loving on each other um and annie ends up waiting for hours oh no i'm sorry before that annie states that she wants to bring joy back to mark's painful joyless life with the news of Audine being alive. And I'm like, girl, you cannot you cannot assume that his life was so pathetic before you. Yeah, like, man. What's wrong with you? Oh my god. I was so scared. My blood boil, dude. Yeah, so after that line was stated in the book, we find out that she waited for hours to, for Mark to wake up. And Mark does wake up. 
<laughs> when Mark wakes up, he looks at her and has a fucking meltdown. He is freaked the fuck out from seeing her. That's how I know that. That's how I know this love is one sided. <laughs> I said, I said, finally, Mark wakes up and does not react in the way that he wants. <laughs> And it's so sad because Annie keeps making excuses of why Mark is acting like this. Yeah, she's, she's like, like oh. he's unwell. He's not right. Like maybe, he's, maybe his brain damn girl. He <laughs> does not like you. This shit is embarrassing. She's like, it's the trauma from his injuries. Like, no, no, girl, it's you. <laughs> but she can't accept. It. I feel like logic. A logical person. No, a like some a person who is like mentally sound at the moment would be able to tell the difference between like infatuation obsession and like true genuine love and also like if this dude is looking at you and he's like like he saw a ghost maybe you'd be like oh shit I don't think he wants me even like let's say yeah it could be right like he could have it could be from his injuries but like if he really truly was glad to see you he wanted to see you he loved you and stuff he would have felt calmed by your presence and he was not he was the complete opposite and like it's embarrassing it's sad yeah and like i mean maybe maybe chapters to come like there'll be a story i'm hoping i'm hoping there's well, like, already kind of deep into a story and like we're like halfway in the book and all i'm seeing is a one-sided romance yeah so i'm sorry girl you just you gotta come back to reality yeah, come on you'll find someone eventually oh but then the chapter ends after his freak out and it goes no god i've been a good girl this is my reward yeah (laughs) i wrote i wrote this girl is unhinged (laughs) oh my god that scared me my reward you're you're saying this person's reward and then she says wait here mark i'll fetch a doctor i'll be right back it'll be okay you're going to be fine i promise we're together now that's all that matters mark's like (laughs) 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 yeah he's probably like about to jump ship he was back to a coma I wish we could see Mark's point of view. Oh, have you noticed though? Oh, wait, no, never mind. I was going to say in the presence, in the present in 1916, it's like always in Annie's point of view, but obviously, duh, like she's the only, but also it is, never mind. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I never noticed that, but it would be really cool to, like, hopefully in the next chapters to come that we read, we get Mark's point of view. Yeah. Now that he's awake. Yeah. That's and he's like, say that, like, Annie's crazy. I never liked her. Yeah, I want to hear that too, or at least for her sake, find out that he did like her in some way so that she can, I can stop feeling embarrassed for her. I'm at this point, I just feel embarrassed when she says, like, it's okay, Mark, I'm here now. He's, you're mine, you're all mine. Sad. You remember when we had that flashback with Annie as a child in Ireland and she's like hanging out by the ocean and she, like, oh, the divisa almost grabs her. What if the divisa has, like, had a hold of her this whole time and like when she got back on the ship she's been possessed this whole time so she's really not herself that could be it well and that that brings me to another it makes me think of the about how she's an unreliable narrator because we're going to talk about this i think in chapter 20 mm-hmm. yeah chapter 20 when she's she's telling steed about um about that whole thing with the divisa and like when we go back like when she when she's talking about it a couple chapters back, she just says how she has like that vision, right? But then when she's telling Steed about what happened, she makes it seem like the Davisa tried to drown her. Mm-hmm. And then even Steed yeah. is like, Steed is like, well, Steed's gaslighting the fuck out of her, and I hate that guy. But also, it kind of made me think, like, wait, are you making that? Like, did you exaggerate that? Like, what actually happened? Because in the when she talked about it originally. I didn't see, I didn't read any mention of her drowning. I thought she just had like a vision and she got really scared. Yeah, I didn't think she drowned either. But you know what? We'll get to that in a... In a... Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Let All me right. look that up really quick before I start on chapter, what's it, whatever it's called. All right. So Evie's going to take over reading chapters or summarizing chapters 19. Yes. 19 through 20 with the brief interlude set in 1912 of... Um, little letters to some of the passengers on the ships yeah okay so chapter 19 um wait hold on wait hold on (laughs) 
chapter 19 were in Charlie's point of view. <laughs> I okay. bet this is kind of boring. <laughs> it is because it is. really this is like a filler chapter where it's, it's another really, filler. It's really like one piece of info. Yeah, like it's not a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, you know, Charlie is one of the wire people for the ship, so he kinda has to intercept shit. I don't know what the hell. So he <laughs> is decoding a telegraph that they got from a German informant and the 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 note that the telegraph that he gets says that there are mines in the ocean right where the Britannic will be sailing over. And all I put was great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then at the very end of that chapter, again, super short chapters, like three pages, the supposed mines lie, lie right in the path Britannic is to take staring at the spot on the map. Epping who is not prone to nerves feels the tremor through him like someone walking over his grave, his mom would say. We can't have one moment of peace, can't we? <laughs> we can't have a break. <laughs> so obviously that's going to be important later. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, just like its sister ship, the Britannic seems like it's doomed to go down. Do you have any other input from know. <laughs> What did you say? I said, we know something they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love this power. <laughs> I feel like I feel like God. So all knowing. <laughs> um. So that was chapter nineteen. Super short and sweet. All you gotta know is that they're headed towards waters that are unsafe, and obviously that's what kind of brings them down. But yeah. Like, he but... and he's like, oh shit, I need to tell someone. Um. Between chapters nineteen and twenty, we get a series of letters that are written. So the first letter is to Mister and Mrs. Arthur Ryerson, who are first class passengers, and it's. Um, they're kind of like letting them know that their son has died and they're telling them about the funeral arrangements that are going to take place on April 19th um, in New York. Wait, were they mentioned prior? In this I don't story? think so. No. Okay, so yeah, super, yeah, I'm sure that's going to come up later, but no, mm-hmm. I don't think it. So these are all telegraphs. Western Union, we know them now. Don't they only do like, don't they only cash checks now? Wait, Western Union? Who's yeah. Western Union? That it's a well back then they were the ones that did telegraphs and telegrams. Oh all they do is yeah, they're like a bank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think that Mr. and Mrs. Arthur Ryerson, you think their son is oh no, wait. I was gonna say, do you think their son is on the ship and they're receiving the letter about no, like no, because it says they're first class passengers. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. That could have been juicy though. <laughs> That would have been really juicy. Um, the next letter is to a Christopher Mitchell from Maddie Astor. And she says, I wish to secure your services for a confidential consultation. Um, it doesn't say like what the consultation is about, but it is. it does say this is in regard to a matter most pressing on my mind. Again, I'm relying on your absolute discretion. So it's it is it's the medium that she hired because remember how she said that she has a medium waiting for her in new york she should have done it before yeah Uh, okay the next one is to benjamin guggenheim um and it's from his lawyer and he's basically saying your wife's lawyer has said that she'll initiate divorce proceedings if his mistress's name appears in the paper if she basically if his wife finds out that his mistress is with him she's gonna divorce his ass good for her girl boss that's a girl boss moment right there and so the lawyer's like maybe send your mistress on vacation perhaps um, <laughs> good for the mistress too like she still has like her perks like she's yeah still, okay this is like luxury. yeah yeah he's like so, still has just like send her away for a couple weeks and then it's all like down yeah. The mistress can live away in luxury. The wife can have her like millions. They, the only person that loses is Guggenheim. I love yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all for that. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> that made me laugh. That gave me a good little giggle. <laughs> um, chapter twelve. This one's pretty juicy. This is we're back in Annie's POV. Back in 1912. Um. She has like some kind of. A dream again. I think it's another sex dream. She has to stop having these. Yeah, because she, she sleeps. Quit. Quit. You sleep yeah. and having a sex dream at the same time. Yeah, so she wakes up and she's in the freaking hallway outside the first class cabins. She slept walk. She's in like some little see through nightgown. So she's like, oh my god. 
And then she realizes that when she like kind of gets her bearings, she realizes that she's right outside of the Fletcher's room. And guess what? She hears them having sex. That is so sick. And then she had the audacity, the audacity that they're like, she was being cheated on. Yes! She was yes! a psycho. Yes. <laughs> This this girl is crazy. Yeah, she's like, the- mental awareness comes into full effect years after this takes place because these people need it. Yeah, Mark was pleasuring his wife in the ways he'd pleasured Annie in her dreams. Ew. So Ew, that creeped me out. That is so creepy. Um, <laughs> so she's like, I gotta get out of here. She's literally crying. She feels so betrayed. <laughs> Which you know what? what because he's having sex I, with his wife like dude he's allowed yeah. to do that he's married to her he said that she recognizes the voices without oh, them even speaking. but you know i was gonna say i definitely <laughs> like we're talking a lot of shit about annie and like rightfully so because she's acting a little nut mm-hmm. but but you know she hasn't had you know she people don't take your mental she she got kicked out of a fucking psych ward obviously mental like mental stability is not a priority for women at this time yeah that's also, true I definitely have had my moments of being illogical at times. <laughs> and, you know, I could have been labeled as crazy, too. So that's let me not throw right. too much judgment. That's I, mean, I, judgment. I think we're also hard on her because we're also women. Yeah. But we're also women from a modern time. So, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of, like, a, a, a bisector. So Annie's like, I have to leave before anyone sees me because she looks <laughs> At least she realizes that she's like self-aware enough to be like, okay, I look crazy right now, like in my freaking flimsy nightgown, crying. No one's seen my nipples. <laughs> oh, but really fast. Before you go on, I want to go back because when Annie is standing outside of um their doorway, uh-huh. Mark and Caroline's, she uh-huh. says she feels like a jealous wife. <laughs> That's why I was like, do you think that she's possessed by Lillian? Because Lillian was described as being a jealous, a jealous Oh, woman. Danielle. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I've never thought about that, but that honestly sounds, that sounds pretty, like that would be interesting. Time will tell. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, actually, one more thing before she wakes up when she's when she's on her way back to her room she's telling herself like she's not going to think anymore about mark she's not going to think anymore about caroline the only pleasure she's going to just um you know think about is on dean who still she still feels really drawn to on dean as well um and she feels like she has to like protect her and stuff so that that's she's gonna keep that in mind so she goes to sleep she wakes up and she finds out she overslept when she's leaving her room she finds a little letter on the floor and it's um titanic stationery so that means someone on the titanic wrote it using the titanic's paper and all it says is you know who i am you know what i want <laughs> what do they want who are they yeah i don't know and when she she thinks about the divisa mm-hmm. um so yeah she definitely i what you were saying like maybe the divisa's just been haunting her this whole time Annie also kind of, I think she thinks that too, like she's just been being followed by her. And honestly, I kind of think it too. I think it, honestly, I feel like maybe it is the Devisa that's um, quite possibly possessing Caroline as well. Um, oh yeah. For so sure. she goes to work, she goes to letter, she goes to Violet and she's like trying to, she's accusing Violet of like, she's like, did you do this to me? And Violet's like, no, I didn't. Um, and she's like okay she goes to she's in steed's room kind of cleaning up and she she asks him about it um and she's like do you think that well she so she shows him the note and he says it says as he read it his smile dissolved into a frown he thrust it at her it makes no sense a hope surely it's weird because like when she first goes up to him and he like can tell something's wrong with her he's like oh what's wrong with like what's wrong like let tell me and then she shows him the note and he like totally is like it's nothing stop you know like I kind of thought that was kind of shady mm-hmm. um, like he might know something that she doesn't yeah that's what I was thinking I don't know so then she's like um she asks, do you think it might be a spirit trying to reach out to me and this dude totally gaslights the hell out of her <laughs> oh no 
Oh my god so then she but then this is what i was talking about a little bit earlier um she's telling him about that about the divisa and then she also tells him about when she nearly drowned which i just i flipped back to the page um a second ago before i started talking about these chapters and she doesn't make any mention of okay it's not like keep in mind yeah, some, that's something to keep in mind. She never, when we're in her point of view talking about that earlier, she never talks about that at all. It's just like her having the vision and her dad getting mad. Um, but when she's telling Steed about the divisa, she tells him that she nearly drowned because of the divisa. And he's like hella gaslighting her. Um, and he also, but he does like make a good point. Um, well, he says, if you were drowning, maybe it was a hallucination brought by the trauma of it which also I mean that's kind of true like I'm not I'm I don't want to agree with the gaslighter but I kind of I'm kind of agreeing with the gaslighter mm-hmm. um and the, but then he also says but didn't you tell me you were an expert swimmer which yeah. is it Miss Hebley it can't have been both <laughs> <laughs> Ruta Sal. but honestly what was it what is it, what is it <laughs> and it kind of she's like oh shit so then she's like she says the room spun around her she was sounding crazy wasn't she even to a known occultist her fears were unfounded and so- <laughs> even to a known occultist so pretty much even to a guy who uses spirits you sound crazy to him like dude oh, that's man. something to make you think huh no, but william did say as annie was showing william the letter initially he did say that it's impossible for a spirit to have wrote this because they don't have bodily flesh. Yeah. Um, but then he, but then he kind of um, counteracts. Like, <laughs> however, says, however, if they did possess a bodily, like a fleshly form, then mm-hmm. may yes, maybe. That. Yeah. So it's yeah, like maybe. no, but also yes, but no. <laughs> yeah. So but this no, is you're crazy. somebody on the ship is possessed. Yeah, that's pretty much what he and he did say that to Maddie earlier too, right? He was like, "Spirits can possess people, and like they can." Mm-hmm. Yeah, he mentioned it. that to Mike about the fleshly being being the most powerful state that a spirit can be in. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, like you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. So basically, Steed gaslights the hell out of her. She's like, "Shoot, like maybe I am kind of like being a little weird and crazy right now." So she's like, "I'm gonna go." um she leaves and she goes to where the hell does she go oh she's like she needs to go and get milk for the baby for Andine. because william wants to take her to the hospital but she was like no i'm i still have things to do yeah she's um, like oh, absolutely not <laughs> and the thing to do was she had to give the fucking fleshers the baby, baby. The damn which is her favorite time of the day i'm sure because she gets to see Andine. <laughs> oh i'm sure she looks forward to this every night <laughs> um, so she's making the milk she's like touching the brooch that she has not given back still uh, oh, I mean, he says it's, it's in the per- her the brooch is in his permanent home in her pocket that does not belong to you um <laughs> so then she goes to the cabin <laughs> and she goes in the room and she notices that Caroline is acting super different. And also the baby looks really sickly and like really tired. Um, and she says, obviously something was wrong. Mark had been right last night to be worried. Um, Annie looks at like, she kind of observes and studies Caroline. Um, and she says she wasn't sure that was the way a mother should look at her newborn at something so defenseless. There was something calculating about that look studious it made annie frightened yet again for on dean and then again caroline's being hella rude she's like get out of here she's basically like yeah. yeah leave get out yeah um and honestly yeah again we do now that we know that like maybe annie's not really telling the full truth in her point of view we do have to think that she might be kind of unreliable and she already doesn't really like caroline she's hella jealous because she has the man that she wants <laughs> And she thinks uh, she's rude. So it's like, we have to think about that before we make conclusions. But it does seem that Caroline is acting really strange. Dude, she's acting so strange. Yeah. And then how does it end? Because she makes a like a pretty, um, a pretty significant, significant conclusion at the end of the story. Yeah. So basically, she, um, she's still kind of observing Caroline. And then she thinks about what Steve had said. Stor- spirits were incorporeal. Incorporeal? Incorporeal? 
<laughs> unless they were not. Um, and then she talks about the changeling, which is another kind of myth in Ireland, which I've heard about too, which is basically like a, a fairy. <laughs> <laughs> I only know it because there's a movie called The Changeling. Oh. It's not really about the myth, but it, it kind of like plays on the myth. It's really good. It's a it's a popular, it has um, Angelina Jolie in it. It's oh. sad. So oh. be warned okay. if you decide to watch it. But basically <laughs> the myth of the changeling is that they're little fairies that sneak into nurseries and steal babies from their from the crib from their crib and replace it with a fairy baby, which are like sick. It's basically just Ireland like a mythical explanation for like sickly deformed babies it's it's mean yeah Um, yeah so she's thinking about that but then she's like well not she's so she's thinking like maybe that could be what's going on but then she thinks what if it wasn't the baby who was a changeling but the mother um so she's kind of like forming this idea in her head that annie caroline is sorry caroline is definitely acting really strange super cold um, she looks different it says here she looked different paler warier her hands trembling when she thought no one was watching her own husband had said as much to Annie or implied it anyway and also we do need to think that Annie doesn't know this but Caroline is clearly like a, going through some kind of addiction to I forgot that's a very good I just realized that as I was saying it because when she said her hands were shaking um Caroline's on coke and laudanum like this girl is not possessed I kept thinking yeah. I totally, honestly, we're, you're seeing this right now in real time. I'm realizing that actually, yeah, she's probably just tweaking. Oh, yes. oh makes a lot of sense. See, it's always, it's always going to refresh your memory. Yeah. Well, anyway, Annie thinks that Caroline's possessed. And at the end, she says, it seemed to her that there were only two possibilities. Either Caroline was possessed by an evil spirit, a wicked thing from the fairy world, or she, Annie, was losing her mind. Um, and she did not believe she was losing her mind. She was fine, perfectly fine. That left only one alternative. So she's basically like, well, either Caroline's possessed or I'm losing, I'm going crazy. Well, I'm not going crazy. So clearly Caroline's possessed. That's it. Dude, her delusion. Her delusion. She is so delusional. I am worried for her. Well, and now that we just realized that Caroline is obviously on drugs, like I think Annie's just losing her mind. Yeah, I mean, okay, maybe there is something going on going on with Audine because she could see a visible yeah. a visible change in yeah, yeah, appearance. Yeah. Uh huh. So sure, but I don't know if Caroline's the one to blame for that. Yeah, and I'm, maybe I'm not gonna lie, like a chapter. What is putting in that milk? <laughs> yeah, what is she putting in that milk? A chapter or two ago, I was thinking like, dude, Caroline is possessed. Like, but no, I think she actually just might be drugged out. Remember that cliffhanger that we were left that maybe like an episode or I think like the last episode. Oh, with Maddie. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a second. What? They never. They never explained what that what happened with that, right? No, we didn't. But and I thought, remember, I thought that they were gonna she was gonna throw her overboard or something. But clearly, that didn't happen because they're yeah, both because time went forward. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what happened with that because I thought that was what was gonna happen too. They were gonna yeah. somebody was gonna die. <laughs> Yeah, I thought so too, but no, because Maddie wrote was writing that letter, so we know that she's still kicking, and then clearly Caroline's still alive. So yeah, yeah, now I don't know. Dude, we're so far in this book, and there is still nothing has been explained. I know there's so many unresolved things that are happening. Like I'm truly like I really don't know what's gonna happen next. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, on that note, I guess it's a good time to make predictions because we're all done with the summarizations. Okay. Okay. Go I can go. Um. So last time I said I thought we were gonna see a very clear possession, and obviously that's not the case. So <laughs> I don't know what the hell is gonna happen next. <laughs> um. I'm I'm gonna keep my prediction from last time and say that there is gonna be a very clear possession because it has to. We're gonna like five words yeah. into the book, and I think. Ugh, I want to say it's going to be Annie because you mentioned how Caroline is on like going yeah. through. Yeah. Going through, some kind going, of, through going through it. Yeah. Maybe Annie is the one that's possessed. That's a good. Yeah. Maybe. 
I don't know, dude. I feel like every, every section, every episode we do, I just get more and more mystified. I don't know what's in this whole, all of these chapters we haven't heard from, um, from let, um, what's his name? Di and Leslie. Because they're irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) I think the next time we're going to hear from them is when they start, uh, uh, like stealing or, you know, remember how they oh, had yeah, yeah. whatever they were doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I don't I think that I, I hope that something goes down. This was my last prediction, I think, last week. I hope that we find some kind of connection between Mark and Annie, but I really don't see that happening. Oh, so sad. <laughs> I don't want Annie to be so like unstable, but she is very unstable. She is, yeah. Yeah, she really is. I don't want to say she's like super insane. Like, I definitely think that she was pretty aware, and that's why she didn't belong at the asylum. But something's, yeah. Something's- I think she also had just like we we know. I guess we don't know very much about her past, but we know that it wasn't the most pleasant. It might have been traumatic. We don't know this new character introduction of Desmond. We don't know how he fits into the story. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Oh. There's a presence in this room. Oh, it's it's transferred from the book to. <laughs> I'm, <scared. laughs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> All right, oh, we made it through five more chapters. Five more chapters. We have about what? We're at twenty-one. We have a good like yeah. chapters to go. Honestly, not too bad. It's like it's good progress. I'm proud of us. I think now we're officially halfway through. Almost. Yay! Yeah made it wow i'm really proud of us yeah good milestone Yay. i'm so excited all right guys thank you for sitting with us through our fourth episode of sip and read we'll be back next week for chapters 21 through 25 thank you guys we'll see you next week bye thank you for listening to this week's episode of sip and read you can listen to us on spotify and apple podcast under sip and read you can also follow us on Instagram under Ask Sip and Read Podcast and on TikTok, Ask Sip and Read. We'll see you next week.